Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Resistance TV. It's Wednesday, the 7th of September. My name is Mandy Clare. Um, I'm a local councillor and I'm a member of the Resist uh, Steering Committee. Um, and we're continuing with our Sex in the Summer series this evening. We've only got a couple more um, in the series to go. Um, we were going to have Stephanie Davis Arai with us this evening talking about school policy and council guidance to schools. Um, but unfortunately, Stephanie's been unable to make it to the session with us this evening. So hopefully, we can get her on another week um, and in place of Stephanie I'm really pleased um, that we've been able to um, have Simon Edge join us. Uh, Simon's an author, um, he's a novelist with a strong background in media and journalism and also in gay rights activism uh, which dates back through the 90s and the 2000s up to the present day. Um, so I'd like to welcome Simon on to the show please. Hiya Simon. Hello, thank you for having me. Hi, great to see you. Um, so if you could just begin by telling us a little bit about your background in gay rights activism, because as, as I kind of said in the introduction, that dates back quite a long way. So you're talking from a position of quite a lot of experience. Yeah, no, it, it's it's weird. I mean, one of the things about getting older is that it, it, is you, you realise that, um, you know, kind of not everybody is as old as you. And then suddenly <laughs> you become a witness to what is history for other people, which yeah. particularly when people start distorting that history for their own political ends, you know, becomes contentious and incredibly frustrating. But, but so, so, so my uh, background is that I, um, I came out kind of around about 1990 um, in my um, mid-20s uh, uh, in London. And uh, I was a journalist um, on a, a trade magazine, a business magazine, um, and I took quite a big kind of plunge, really. I, I went to work for the gay press, to, for Capital Gay, which was uh, a, a newspaper in London aimed primarily at gay men, but, but, but also you know, nominally at the lesbian community, and had been around... Um, since the beginning of the 1980s and it, had been, it was a free alternative to uh, gay news which is the great venerable uh, uh, gay title and it was kind it was given away free in um in gay venues um and it looks really tacky now because it was a lot of free ads or phone ads then you know sort of before the internet so it was financed by uh advertisers who wanted to reach gay men uh, uh, but it was it was kind of the glue that held the community together, and the, and but by the time I worked for it, there was also the pink paper, which was actually a slicker outfit, and and it was our more successful competitor. But we were the older title, and uh, and we were reporting, uh, you know, kind of what was going on socially, new club nights, uh, but queer bashings and you know murders but also the, the uh, and AIDS obviously uh, but also the, um, the the growing campaign for law reform which had uh, started as people probably know um, basically in, in, in 1988 when the when the Tories when, when Margaret Thatcher introduced section 28 mm -hmm. it kind of went badly wrong because there was a backlash mm -hmm. that for the first time here was a law that would affect lesbians and gay men equally uh, and lesbians and gay men came together uh, it, it, for people like Ian McKellen who had been 
you know, sort of out in his own world, but not out publicly. It 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 was it, it was a, a enough is enough moment, and Stonewall was was founded. At the same time, there was Outrage, which was a direct action group, which was because it was, it was almost you know the left and the right of the gay movement. Stonewall on the on the right and, uh, in wearing suits, and, and Outrage kind of behaving badly, doing things more likely to appeal to young people. Um, and then gradually, there was a program of of uh, uh, of, of tr you know, trying to to get the, the the huge array of laws and people talk it drives me crazy now people talk about the section 28 years as if that was the only problem section 28 really it was very insulting um but it was never used there was never a section 28 prosecution i think it was a great worry if you were a teacher um but for, as far as you know certainly gay men's lives were concerned far greater problems were the gross indecency laws which meant that you could be arrested uh, and theoretically jailed for outdoor cruising uh, it was illegal for, for more than two people to have consensual sex so threesome was illegal uh, the uh, the age of consent was 21 which meant that two you know 20 year olds uh having uh, a consensual relationship to to men of 20 the age of consent only affected men uh to gay men of 20 having the, having a consensual relationship were breaking the law it was particularly grave if you were for example if one of you was 22 and the other one was was 19 then the 22 year old would get in serious trouble so lives were wrecked by this kind of thing and and the process of trying to reform it all was guided by Stonewall who who kind of said you know what we need to do is to go out and to explain to people in parliament why this uh, these laws are so inappropriate why they're so damaging and why changing them reforming them will not be a problem for anybody else why it will not you know cause uh, any upset, any disturbance in society, uh, and it was a long, hard argument. It's horrible, you know, for, for, for anybody who was who, who was alive then, um, or you know, remembers watching TV then. That you, every time one of these things came up, you would have. Um, uh, you know the, the the media balance. You know, so, so you'd have uh, if, if if there was a a news night discussion, you would have somebody who thought that reforming the age of consent was a good thing, and you would have somebody who thought it was a bad thing, and they would like uh, either be a very right wing Tory MP or they might be a Church of England bishop, and 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 nobody held back on the you know the language of sodomy and perversion and so on. Mm. So. It was all pretty wearing to live through, but there were great, you know, little by little. We, uh, I say we, it was it was Stonewall. It was the campaigners who 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 were achieving it, and people like me were reporting on it. Uh, but but also, the kind of the, the 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 active community was turning out in droves for demonstrations and and to you know for any significant event. And gradually, more and more people were doing uh, what I had done and coming out at work, and uh, you, uh, 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 and and in in my case, Capital Gay uh, uh, collapsed. It went out of business, and I went into the um, in, into the mainstream, into uh, national newspapers. I got a job at the Evening Standard, London Evening Standard, at first, and then I went to the Daily Express. 
which was having a brief liberal period, uh, but it, it, at, at the Evening Standard in particular, um, you know, it was it was kind of tough times. You were you, th th there were not a lot of women in the newsroom, and there were even fewer openly uh, gay people. Um, and I, I I was miserable there. I have to say, and I, I found it it was it was quite a shock to the system. And so, but but you know, what, what, it wasn't just me that I. I it, but it, it certainly felt like I was um, part of a, uh, a, a a pioneering generation where more and more of us were having confidence to say at work um, that we were uh, that we were gay, and it, we, we were all of us helping normalise the role of lesbian and gay people uh, in society. And then what, what really changed? uh things was the election of a labor government with a with a massive majority uh uh where it became clear that they, they were theoretically on the side of um of uh, all the reforms that that we wanted um but they took the time over it um because they didn't have a majority in the house of lords and so there was a big Tory majority in the House of Lords. Every time you get something through the Commons, and then there'd be a really horrible, nasty battle in the House of Lords, and it'd be batted back again <clears throat> to the Commons. And it was, it, you know, it was kind of brutal to watch. And and I uh, do have, you know, quite a lot of sympathy for the trans people who are now saying that it's exhausting it's draining to be for them to be an issue the whole time that to, to, to hear themselves that you know, as they as they put it their existence debated um and i i can see that if you're just ordinary, ordinary person trying to get on with your life then um b b being talked about in the media all the time is is it, it, it is is not pleasant you know but you know there there are different you know, in, in, i think the, the, the real difference is that we at that time were asking to be treated we, we were undoubtedly second-class citizens before the law and we were only asking for the the, the, the removal of that second-class status we were not asking for anything that affected anybody else that's the big difference yeah Okay, um, so how? So you're obviously you must have a, a great fondness for Stonewall as an organisation, given all that everybody's been through, and everything that was achieved from that position of real grim, you know, discrimination and the threat of harm to one of acceptance. It's been a it's been a long journey, and they've really been at the forefront of it. So, at what point did things change with Stonewall and? Yeah. How did the tea come to be added on, and what what are your feelings about that? What's that experience? I, been? I, I think, to, to be honest, about that, anybody who tells you they were really fond of Stonewall um, in the nineteen nineties, uh, you know, certainly it, it, in my case, I, I used to hang around with Outrage a bit uh, before it became Peter Tatchell's one man band, and um, Stonewall was seen as very very conservative. Um, and uh, and they kind of dragged their heels a bit. So certainly, I I, I was quite gobby uh, 
complaining mm -hmm. about Stonewall the whole time. Um, because I thought, you know, I'm under uh, the, 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 the last director, but two, I think, um, they uh, uh, were not always behaving in, in the most uh, competent fashion. Um, and and so actually, I mean, it, it, it has really changed. That there certainly was a time when when being rude about Stonewall, uh, for example, Pink News, uh, its unique selling point, you know, initially, its, its major thing was it was as rude about Stonewall when it set itself up as it is about J.K. Rowling nowadays, almost. Right. Okay. Um, so, so, I mean, that's a little curiosity of history that has, has tended yeah. to get a little bit forgotten. But uh, but then it, it, in the noughties, Stonewall, I think, did did a, an absolutely magnificent job. It was run by Ben Summerskill, who's an old friend and colleague of mine, uh, who who was a, a really smart strategic genius. And, and basically, they achieved stuff that we never thought would be possible. I don't think... Um, you know, civil partnerships seemed when you were simply asking for an equal age of consent. Mm -hmm. Civil partnerships seemed way off, uh, mm -hmm. and to to achieve civil partnerships relatively painlessly, that that was one of the campaigns that happened more easily than some of the others. And then for for them to go further, and uh, the, the, what basically happened was that the Tories wrong-footed Labour. Um, uh, the, the Tories agreed to uh, to uh, gay marriage, to same-sex marriage, um, uh, pulling the rug out of uh, Labour, which thought that they could use it as a sort of culture, as a as a stick to beat them with and make the Tories look nasty. And the Tories mm -hmm. said, "Actually, we, we're we're all for it." Uh, and um, so the, this this gay rights movement, this lesbian and gay rights movement, had achieved in in a, a, a very short space of time. So from 1988 to about 20, whenever their marriage came, 2014, mm -hmm. uh, had achieved way more than its founders had dreamed could ever be possible. Mm. Um, and you know, this is this is the point at which um, you know we can we can only sort of speculate as to, as to what happened behind the scenes. I dramatise it in my novel, "The End of the World Is Flat," um, which is sort of a satire. It doesn't have the word Stonewall in it, but it, it kind of it, it, it's not hard to to know that that's what it's really about. Um, that, that I, I think Stonewall reaches the point where, you know, if you have been a lobby group trying to uh, change the laws and then all the laws are changed, you've got a shopping list and you've bought everything on the shopping list, if you like, what are you meant to do next? And I, I know that there are certain people, uh, you know, Simon Fanshawe, who was a, who was a, a Stonewall um, trustee, I think at, at the time, he was certainly one of the founders, talked about he, he the, the internal conversations they had about the different ways that Stonewall could go there were still some things to do the, 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 there were some reforms to tidy up like in Northern Ireland but there were also kind of stuff on the ground you know there was still a lot of bullying in schools and how would you approach that but but the, the terrain was no longer obviously legislative there were the, the, the work was going to be 
other than just campaigning for, for MPs to lobbying MPs to, to, to put through a law change. Mm-hmm. So you could do that. You could wind up your organization completely, or you could uh, take on another agenda. And, um, you know, I think this wasn't happening entirely in a vacuum because in the, in the United States, the winds of change were clearly blowing and and queer theory departments were generating all kinds of stuff that, that we in this country had never heard of at that stage. Um, or I hadn't anyway. And um, so so suddenly you you this 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 new set of new shopping list arrives. Um, and uh, and Stonewall has has a has a renewed um, a renewed sense of purpose. As we have seen, part of the point, I think, of the of the of the alphabet community, this ever growing thing, um, which you know has surprised me. I I've, I I took the view that that you know, lesbians and gay men would reject this ever growing alphabet as just a nonsense, uh, as you know, exploitative, jumping on a bandwagon. Asexuals claiming to be oppressed, it t- to me is is an insult to those of us who 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 actually were who were at threat of you know going to jail and had lives ruined and so on. Whereas you know nobody cares whether you want to have sexual relationships or not. Um, but actually, I was proved wrong. It seems to have been uh, you know somehow Stonewall has has sold it well with the cooperation with the very very enthusiastic cooperation of what is now a large lgbtq mm-hmm. plus um charity sector mm. um uh and and a media um which now uh uh dances very enthusiastically to the to the stonewall mm. tune um the, the it, it, the, the the gay male community has uh it, it is is you know completely has completely bought into what seems to be the new um queer agenda and i think you know one of the things that one of the ways in which that has happened so easily is that you know the media as i said the the, the, the pink news that didn't mm. uh, any start only existed in the in the noughties onwards i think mid noughties i think um n- n- titles like pink news need an enemy and you know they used to knock stonewall and so on mm-hmm. having turfs as yeah. an enemy you know if you can have a go at julie bindle and, and jk rowling mm-hmm. um uh, and the LGB Alliance, um, that's much more, there's much more to get your teeth into. Mm-hmm. And clearly, you know, an awful lot of, uh, from what I can see, the, 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 the full-throated, the gay men who are, who are you know, the, the most enthusiastic about rallying to the trans cause um, and getting very red in the face about it, um, uh, uh, but are, are kind of having the time of their lives that, you know, it, it, I, I think there is, there is a good deal of, you know, this taking part in this vicarious struggle where you're the saviour on the part of this la- imagined 
uh, a, mm -hmm. a community of, of men who think they're women uh, it, it is yeah it, it is a breast beating opportunity which, which has become yeah. a totem um, for 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 gay male uh, belonging so you yeah this is you know I'm the wrong kind of gay man and um, you know, the, the the only way you can you can stand up against this kind of thing uh, which has not involved very much sacrifice for me uh, because I don't get anything like the abuse that women get um, but really the price that I do pay is is you know you you you, you are a heretic and you mm. get a communicator mm. I as it happens, I'm, I'm not bothered because I live in the country, so it doesn't make any practical difference to my life. Mm. It's, it's yeah, and I, I know what you mean, but at the same time, if you've, as a gay man, if you have experienced that having been outcast, that feeling of having been outcast, you know, from society at some point, to have an echo of that within your own community that fought for that space, that must be tough, I would imagine, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not happy about it by yeah, any means. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, however, I've seen you know the difference. Uh, I, I was talking to to some some women writer friends about um, the the level of abuse I've got compared with what what they've had, and and I actually felt really bad to to be saying to them I've had you know two or three really nasty messages through my own website mm -hmm. and. You know that's that's what they get in half an hour. Mm. Um, so mm. so that there yeah. is honestly no comparison, and I think it, I think it's a, it amazes I think it amazes both sides. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a revelation to men to see mm. how much abuse a woman can get yeah. for saying exactly the same thing as the man has got has got, and the yeah. man has got yeah. away when it's got free. So, you know, I I think. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I would say is that be, because the the, uh, the the cost to us is you know, it, 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 it's not always less. There, there are some some men who have been mm -hmm. horribly treated, uh, James Dreyfus and Johnny Best, and then Graham Linehan is gay, but he has clearly uh, suffered immensely. Mm -hmm. um, but by and large, um, men get a, a, an easier ride. Mm. But um, but yeah, the abuse. I mean, the uh, the the other day, I had a um, a message on Twitter where my my DMs are open from mm -hmm. somebody who used to be a, a, a friend ish, didn't know him very well, but we have long ago uh, stopped being Facebook friends, and we don't follow each other on Twitter or anything. And and the the message was, "What on earth has happened to you?" which I took as um, rude. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was a rhetorical question, I think, not, not mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, it, he wasn't trying to engage. Um, and he's putting this to me because I think it's a bad thing that kids who will probably just grow up to be gay or lesbian are being medicalized and persuaded they're in the wrong body. Mm -hmm. That makes me a bad person. The person mm -hmm. asking this, Mm. Not long ago, had to resign as the mayor of a London borough and as a Labour councillor for the amount of racist tweets that he was revealed to have posted. So, wow. yeah, I'm not going to, you can mm. maybe 
if people who follow this might be able to guess who it is. So I'm You're not, not going to stress about it I'm, too much. I'm not going to name names, but but no. I think you know, it is extraordinary the self righteousness of somebody, mm. you know, somebody who's had to resign his position because of racism is trying mm. to moralize me. He thinks he's morally superior to me, and yeah. my crime is to have stood up for the rights of little kids who are getting mm -hmm. told by a cult that they're born in the wrong body. So that mm -hmm. makes mm -hmm. me really pissed off, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because through this series, we've been trying to um, unpick various different angles on this sort of trans ideology issue because it affects obviously women's rights it affects children as you've just alluded to it affects lesbian women quite profoundly as well because if we're saying that gender ideology uh, gender identity um, takes precedence over sex then same-sex attraction basically doesn't exist anymore in the same way that um, you know if, if we're saying that anyone who calls themselves a woman is a woman and should have all of the rights of women, then the category of women by sex doesn't exist anymore either. Um, so we kind of, through doing these different sessions and talking about policing policy and talking about Drag Queen Story Hour and um, what else have we talked about? The silencing of people on the left, particularly women, but anybody on the left. Um, and we've talked about women in prisons as well. So we've kind of covered the women angle. We've gone part way to looking at the impacts on children. Mm. But from so from that was what I was going to ask you more about really was because I know that there's an organization called Gays Against Groomers in the States. Um, and I, they were going to come on and then I lost contact with them because their Twitter account just keeps getting deleted um, does, every other yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. No so you can't, you're not allowed to be gay or a gay man and speak up on behalf of women, on behalf of kids against gender ideology. But I think it's amazing and fantastic that they are doing that. They're taking a lot of flack for it. What what are your, say, if you had like your top two or three objections to this ideology, what are the main things that are up front for you that concern you that you tweet about? Because you've got a really big Twitter following and you're quite well known for your work and for your writing. So what, what are your main bugbears with this as from your perspective as a gay man? I think... I think it's that I, I I can see our history being stolen, um, you know, on this minor level when people talk about uh, LGBTQ history mm. and it just gets trotted out because journalists are frightened of saying anything else. And, yeah. you know, you were talking about the criminalization of gay men by Victorian lords. Um, and because I lived through that, that, irritates and offends me um it, it, it because it, it kind of it diminishes what, what what people went through and it it angers me greatly to see that this is facilitated this this rewriting of history there are plenty of people of my age and older and you know a bit younger who were also there too who have every reason you know they were working as journalists so they were around then they you know it ought not to be news to them that history is being mm -hmm. rewritten mm -hmm. um but have chosen to go along with it pliantly and that that uh irritates me massively um it doesn't affect as i said because i don't you know, take part in in you know, probably a matter of age uh, and and change in lifestyle and so on. Um, so so I'm I'm not using the institutions of the gay community, uh, and I no longer live in a metropolis. Um, 
I, I I think life might be quite difficult for me if I were trying to do that simply because um, speaking out sort of puts a kind of target on your back and and uh, you know I, I just don't want to blunder into people having a go at me uh, in the street or whatever but I think that kind of a, a major motivation is also that you know one of the things one, one of the things that's thrown at us is uh, it's a very familiar thing that uh, oh you, gay men you've got your rights and now you're trying to pull the ladder up so that you don't want anybody else to have the same rights because mm-hmm. tra- trans rights struggle is is exactly the same as the gay rights struggle. Mm-hmm. That really angers me because if anybody is pulling the ladder up, then it is the gay men who um, are enthusiastically embracing trans ideology. Because you know, I I was uh, a pretty puffy little kid, um, and if I were five or six nowadays, I found a picture of myself looking. Uh, you know, I, lo- I looked pretty fey. So if I was in the kind of school where where mermaids has got in and they've done presentations and uh, and and people are uh, looking for signs of you know whether you prefer to play dolls or, with dolls or not, then yeah. I would not have a chance. My parents, who were uh, extremely conservative. Um, they would have no truck with this. So there is no danger of my parents, if they were alive, alive being the kind of trans housing by proxy kind of parent who, who think it's really cool to have a trans kid. Mm-hmm. So they would stand in the way in, in, and, and, and make everybody back off. But mm-hmm. yeah, kids who are a little bit different because the boys are a little bit swishy and the girls are tomboys are... Uh, you know, it's a, it, it's a it's a matter of luck if they get through this um, without, at, at the very least, without this horrible movement messing with their heads. Mm, mm. And I, um, you know, kind of, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, doing this podcast who who know about the situation in schools much better than I do. I haven't got kids, and if people have, then they'll be much more familiar with it. But um, you know, that we, we, you know, certainly I, I've got people who, who I, I'm, I know or, and who are close to people that I know um, where, you know, that there was, that there was a, a, a girl who, who decided that she wanted to be a boy and at the age of 12 um, and in in rural Suffolk, you know, it's a, it's a, no, nobody should believe that this is just completely confined to North London or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids in the class are dead excited because mm-hmm. you know it's drama. Teenagers love drama. Um, they want to show that they're on on the girls' side, um, that this is fashionable, and uh, and you know that you, to, to to be part of this person's journey would be really exciting so they can say that they've got a trans friend too uh and you know those friends who are wanting to to be part of the journey for the you know for for the for the best of reasons really that Mm. without any malice in it 
but they're not the ones who are actually going to be experiencing it. Mm -hmm. When the girl in question eventually decides, no, uh, she's going to leave it and she's not actually a boy, then there is a big wave of disappointment. And, mm -hmm. you know, so backtrack going backwards, it's not even detransitioning. It's just saying, no, maybe I, I'm going to change my mind. Um, you know, that that's quite a brave thing to do because suddenly you will find yourself much less popular than, we, than you were yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as well... Um children like you were saying this isn't just in sort of london but it's it's spread throughout the country and all kids are online aren't they now all of them so they're all sort of um there's a lot of children with mental health problems that's kind of a real big issue for young people these days and young people are online a lot i mean there's probably a relationship between those two things but the likelihood of a kid being encouraged along that pathway is so much greater, you know, once that they are on online. And relationships between parents and kids when kids are teenagers or approaching their teens are difficult anyway. So like you were saying, if you had a parent, even if your parent wasn't the type of parent who celebrates um, having a trans child and sees that as, as something to push and encourage on, um, and your parents were, were wanted to help keep everyone you know um at arm's length that would then potentially have caused a big rift between you and your parents who'd previously had a really great relationship as well i think that's one of the other things that really concerns yeah. people yeah. a lot at the moment and certainly because like we were going to have stephanie davis Orion tonight to talk about the guidance that's provided to um by councils to schools yeah. and i've just recently had a copy of our school's guidance because i'm a local councillor and i've asked questions of our council leader and i've had sight of that guidance yeah. and it is just mermaids it's gendered intelligence it's gyres it's all of the they're referenced as yeah. organizations for parents and teachers to contact and there's no balance there's yeah. nothing in there about safe schools alliance so it just seems as if all of the forces are pushing in that one yeah. direction um, which i think you know i think you're right to be concerned yeah. about that um, and, then, and, and, and if and once once a, a, a child is identified once a child has come forward and says i would like to do this and because you've got the affirmation only model then teachers are you know, whatever their personal opinion, probably petrified of, you mm. know, saying yeah. doing the wrong thing. Uh, so are doctors. Uh, so it, certainly in the, in the case that I was familiar with at Bon Remove, mm -hmm. the, the single mother was pretty much the only person thinking, yeah. well, this is, this is not a good thing and was very lonely and isolated. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then did, you know, Stephanie's organisation, I think, uh, mm -hmm. did, helpful and you know happy ending five years on um i met this kid this week and and you know she's now really well adjusted happy mm -hmm. um teenage girl uh, mm -hmm. as far as i could see yeah i mean i should add on as well i, I asked a, a bunch of questions publicly of the council leader um, and in one of the questions where i'd asked about our policy or guidance to schools i'd also asked would they be interested would officers or you know um, the leader be interested in seeing alternative guidance from safe schools mm. alliance or from transgender trend or whatever and they have said yes so at least that door is open so that that that's really positive but in the meantime like you say mm. teachers parents there's so much um there's so much shame 
yeah. sort of plastered onto people if they don't just affirm and they don't just go along with it and they don't just go straight away for the new name and the change of clothes and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and how, how I was interested because you said that doctors and teachers are petrified of not of not of challenging any of this or questioning any of this or asking for a broader assessment for the child. I'm just wondering, what's your perception within the um, gay and lesbian community of to what degree people are going along with this because they are also terrified because the ideology has been so aggressive and there's been so much shaming of anyone who doesn't go along with it and so much public attacking and denigrating of anyone who doesn't go along with it. Like how much of it do you think is a genuine enthusiasm um, to have LGB and T all as one thing and to push affirmation only, et cetera, et cetera. Trans women are women, no debate, et cetera. And how much of it is is fear of the repercussions? Do you have any sense of that? Uh, I, m m my impression is that, you know, there, there, there are people who have a go at gay men like me on Twitter and say, you know, don't you realize you're in you're in the minority and you know there's a tiny minority of people of gay men support the LGB alliance. And yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, yes, we do realize that. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I think it is b because the the media um, has made it very clear, the gay media, Attitude magazine and Pink News, but Attitude is the sort of glamorous end of it. Um, and gay influencers, gay celebrities, uh, Russell T. Davis, Russell Tovey, uh, Matt Lucas, uh, and they'll turn up at the awards ceremonies in their, you know, dinner suits run by Attitude magazine and beyond red carpets. Uh, and you get lots of easy applause mm -hmm. uh, by saying, yay, we love, we love, uh, uh, no LGB without the T, we hate Terse, we hate JK Rowling. Mm. Um, it's just the cheapest and easiest route. So if you want to be a member of the tribe, you, um, uh, you will join in the chant. Um, mm. it's like supporting the football team, um, uh, of, of, of the city you come from rather than the one next door. Mm. Um, I, I think that the, the people I know, I am tentatively contacted by um people who can see me being visible um people i've known for years um and and i find it you know it's often the luck of the draw which which way they'll go um i have been sent to coventry by somebody who was a friend who was widowed not very long ago and and um and his husband was always liking everything i posted on twitter so you know these things cut through partnerships um and 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 I, so so i think that there kind of is a there is a social nervousness if if all your friends are gay men uh, and an awful lot of you know gay people do live in a in a in a in a primarily gay bubble um if if you uh uh if you've got any doubts about the way things are going then you know you could either be like me and be gobby and make it part of your identity uh in which case maybe you don't get off invited to so many parties or you keep it to yourself um and 
so I think you know the onus really. I mean, it's one of the there's there's a number of gay men who do this in, in public on Twitter and. And and I you know I hope it's easier for us to do it in our own names rather than anonymously, um, mm. uh, and and I think you know the 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 more it happens and and the more you know kind of younger people than you know much younger people than me who 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 are you know much more engaged with other gay men who are saying publicly no it is actually okay to reject this and to say this is nonsense, I think it will. It, it it will happen, and and uh, when you know with uh, as as the battlefields change a little bit. So you talked earlier about lesbians under pressure, um, uh, as as the, the whole the entire you know definition of same sex attraction is is you know suddenly brought into question. Clearly, for lesbians, this is a much, much more threatening issue because yeah. there are, you know, men who've decided they're women. They've decided they're lesbians because they started out as heterosexual men, and so they're on the dating apps, and and they are physically larger than than actual women. So there are all, you know, I don't need mm. to, you know, explain all is really obvious that the 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 vulnerability is so much greater for women. Mm. Mm -hmm. For men, if they are in, in that position, um, there might be um, possibly discomfort, there might be embarrassment, but I don't think there is ever going to be any sense of physical vulnerability mm. because you know, men, men do not live in fear of being raped by women. No. Um, but nevertheless, I think there uh, is you know, a growing sense of uh you know, people who are keeping up with this mm. seeing that they're being told by extremely homophobic young trans identified teenagers uh you're a bigot if you uh if you're um if you're gay we hate absolutely uh and you know that there are some that many people will either not notice that's happening or they will laugh it off and they will say it doesn't affect their lives in any practical mm -hmm. sense and they're probably right in that but you know, I, I think that as it comes closer to home, then, um, uh, you know, I, I think a, a growing minority of people mm. will mm -hmm. say this is not acceptable. Definitely. At the same time, you know, there's plenty of people, you, the expression, um, uh, uh, what is it, uh, what is it, what am I trying to say? So something on the streets, turf in the sheets. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> on the street, yeah, well, you know the, the Owen Jones thing, where where, um, <laughs> where where you can do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I would, um, I would uh, have sex with uh, with trans men, and uh, they have and, to say that he has yeah. to say that now. He it's has to, he has to deny his gayness. Yeah, it doesn't just he? hasn't actually yeah. come up lately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where it gets. That's where the easy applause gets real, isn't Precisely. it? <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. I think that we're, we're um, subject to that on the left as well. A lot of people, we've got an uneasy mixture of people who are, they're after easy applause um, or people who are just afraid and they have got concerns, but they're very tentative about expressing yeah. that, you know, because they've seen what happens when you do. Um, we're going to go to questions in about uh, five or ten minutes. The chat's gone off on some kind of weird tangent about whether you need to be married to have children. 
don't know. Okay. If we, but if anyone's got any any questions about um you know about this particular issue, sort of the sort of gay rights perspective and the same sex attraction perspective, that would be really cool as well. So fire away with your questions. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I know someone or of someone quite close, you know, a friend of a child of mine who um is a gay young man and he was asked um whether he would sleep with um a trans man so a, a girl who's transitioned to male and he said in all honesty he wouldn't because he wouldn't find them attractive because he's gay you know he's same-sex attracted and he was basically taught he was thrown out of the band that he was in and he was told we don't have transphobes in this band mm-hmm. um the college tutor to their absolute amazing credit despite all of this dreadful indoctrination that teachers and and college tutors have been subjected to, said to him and to the other people involved, you had every right to say what you said and they really shouldn't ever have asked you that question and they definitely shouldn't have been sharing what you'd said to them, you know, in confidence. So she stood up for that kid, which I thought was absolutely amazing. But I also know that there's, um, like you say, you know, I know lesbian women who are on major, the major big, lesbian dating apps who've been banned from them for yeah. putting in their bio or their biog or whatever you call it that yeah. they're that they're women only you know yeah. um they're only same sex attracted and uh and they've been actually banned for life for yeah. for doing i don't know if people really realize you know out there in the in the world where people aren't engaged in this because i think once you do get engaged in this you get everything thrown at you in the kitchen sink and so you have yeah. to learn really quickly all of the intricacies yeah. of it but people who haven't jumped yeah. in head first might not even be aware that that's how serious it is yeah exactly and and I think you know, for for a lot of gay men, I mean, you, you know, the, the the boy you're referring to, I mean, it depends on your attitude to life, on your mentality. That you could, uh, he could have said, uh, yes, of course I would. Of course I'd sleep with a trans man uh, for a quiet life. You know, that would be perhaps the sensible thing to do. And then uh, and 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 nobody's going to hold him to it. Uh, and you know, there's perhaps the majority of people would take that path of, of least resistance but yeah some of us through our makeup are just too pig-headed to do that uh, well and, then there's an element of coercion about yeah. that and that's never ever healthy yeah, is exactly. it it's never right yeah. yeah and it's not going to end well because you know that the, the, the people being forced to lie and to say things that they 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 don't mean they don't believe um that they'll go along with it but mm-hmm. but you know how it, it, it's this is this is not a solid foundation to build mm-hmm. any kind of mm-hmm. movement on and Fine. Mm. sorry well i mean actually i mean the one thing i haven't m- mentioned is, is uh the in the way that it affects me as a gay man is that I, you know i am concerned that um this sort of mania the cult the 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 everything having to be viewed through you know the the, the prioritization of of, of uh, lgbtq plus services and so on is going to backfire and mm-hmm. uh, uh when for example you know kind of massive news story at the moment is that you can't um is that ambulances are sitting outside hospitals um uh and and so they mainly because there's there aren't the beds in the hospital so you can't get a patient out of the ambulance when they get there but yeah. That there is a perception that that if you call an ambulance now, it should have arrived in ten minutes, but it'll probably take an hour and a half. 
So there is a perception there aren't enough ambulances. Mm -hmm. If you are a local NHS authority and you withdraw an ambulance in order to paint it in the pride colours, mm. uh, in pride season, as we're now calling it, um, mm -hmm. then uh, e e even if that's not actually affecting the way you're delivering the service because the problem mm -hmm. is the it's not the ambulance, then the perception will be that uh, a, a particular part of the community is receiving special treatment at the expense of the rest of the community. That's mm -hmm. absurd. And and even if it's you know well meaning, it is well meaning. Um, it it's a you know just implore these people. Can you stop doing this? Because yeah, you to, to to deliver your services, which you are very good at doing. You know, everybody loves ambulance drivers. Ambulance, nobody ever suspected yeah. that an ambulance driver was going to be bigoted, discriminatory against no. anybody, whoever they are. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, they're every bit as nice as they are on casualty. You know? uh, yeah, uh, and so, so it's 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 not necessary, and mm. and the consequences can only be negative. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree totally. And you you don't want to see a backlash after all that amazing work that's been done. I think that as well was um, a point that Gays Against Groomers had raised about what's yeah. happening with Drag Queen Story Hour in the yeah. states, yeah. Um, because. They said that, you know, early on in the gay movement, they would never have um, made a beeline for schools or libraries because there were these myths around that were yeah. quite harmful. And for PR reasons, that would not have been a wise thing to do. And yeah. that it potentially risks reflecting really negatively on their community and all of the respect yeah. that they've managed to win over all yeah. of these years that people yeah. who are because I was called homophobic for objecting to drag queen story hour they had it yeah. um, as the headline act of the family day of um, pride this year along in Chester mm. alongside a Dolly Parton drag tribute act and a band called booty love yeah. for kids you know yeah. it's like yeah. you know so people are feeling are, are starting to see that that's that's inappropriate. There are some dodgy characters who are making a beeline for that and taking advantage of that to get close to children for the wrong reasons. Yeah. None of that's going to reflect well, you know, on the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, and men from Gays Against Groomers were saying, we haven't asked for this. We don't want this. We don't want this happening in our, our name. Um, yeah. It's a lot worse than in, in America than it is here, but it's getting it's getting that way here too. Um Let's just very quickly before we go to questions, talk about Twitter, because you've got a huge presence on Twitter. Twitter is a sewer, as we know. It's a double edged sword, isn't it? Because we're able to use it to get quick messages out and to build up um, communities ourselves as well. Yeah. But the big story that's broken at the moment, just thinking about backlashes, are the trans activists actually doing themselves more harm than good at the moment with some of the stunts that they're pulling, do you think? You know uh, which one I'm talking about. Yeah, so you're talking about the, the person who who went you to say. the Equality and Human Rights uh, uh, Commission uh, with 60 bottles of pee. We are not told whose pee it was, but this mm -hmm. person is a, a trans woman. Uh, poured uh, a, a water bottle of pee on their own head, and I think actually peed on themselves in while while wearing a dress. Um, and um, and this was to get the message across that trans people are pissed off with the Equality and Human Rights Commission, which is, as we know, is the government agency which is meant to implement equalities, equality, equality laws, which can be quite complicated because there are competing um, uh, claims of rights. 
uh, and they have actually, you know, in, in the recent past, they have been pretty terrible at it because they have abandoned women's rights uh, and belatedly uh, under a new director um, have, have um, been more assertive. Uh, they're not enforcing it very well, but nevertheless, they are making the right noises, which has really, really pissed off these trans people. And they're showing how pissed off they are by pouring their own um, piss on, on on themselves. And, you know, kind of, you can, so clearly, you know, they, they, they took, um, they took a journalist from, from the ridiculous vice.com uh, with them and, uh, and uh, vice.com is is this uh, uh, i don't know if it exists in 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 physical form but it, uh, it's presumably not with the name uh, uh but uh it, they they were the ones who gave employment to ben hunt who was the bbc's dedicated lgbtq correspondent mm-hmm. who um not quite certain what circumstances he left under but he left the bbc after an awful lot of complaints have been about about him some of which have been upheld so basically somebody who reported what he wanted to be true rather than what was true and had taken paid gigs hosting so more whoops sorry okay uh Paid gigs, hosting Stonewall um, uh, awards, and so on. Um, so so uh, he, he's now working there, and Vice.com has uh, uh, started breaking you know, things that it calls exclusive stories, which is basically mm-hmm. uh, any trans person working anywhere decides to to have a complaint about anything, uh, it gets mm-hmm. on the front of Vice.com. But they, so they took a long journalist as to, to report this exclusive story, uh, thinking that it was some amazing coup. And just the response of, you know, the entire rest of the world is, ew. It's horror. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How could you not anticipate that? You know, yeah. I think we, were, we were saying earlier before we started that, you know, I think this, ha- ha- it's one of the things, can I just show you that? It's one of the things that I um, have explored in my book, The End of the World is Flat, that how, how you would go about trying to, and well, I do it with, mm-hmm. if you want to persuade the, the world by stealth that the, the, the earth is flat, but if you wanted to persuade the world that, that there aren't actually two sexes, that, that there are more than, that biology is a spectrum and so on, uh, it, it's a very, very difficult task if you set out to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who superintended this strategy have, are, are people of absolute political genius who have done this, mm. um, you know, going back 20, 30 years. Mm. However, you know, what their strategy does depend on you know, some really quite mad people buying into it. And so it means that the foot soldiers of this movement are their own worst enemies. And I think that's what we saw with that story. Mm, they've possibly been off message. Well, they, yeah, nobody can see that the message. I mean, they're they're all in their own little bubble, telling themselves mm. how brilliant they are, and they just can't see how badly the the message is landing with mm. with um with the the outside world. Pretty horrendous. <laughs> Thank you for um outlining what's happened there. Uh, right, so let's have a look. Kay Green says, "Hooray! Great book there. Has everyone here read it?" <laughs> Thank you, Kay. <laughs> uh let's have a look what else we've got uh someone else says um do, 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 do. yeah someone had referenced the incitement to violence against posy parker at the brighton event mm, yeah someone had asked you the question would simon do questions for book groups 
uh, now I don't know what this means. I chose T-W-O-T-W-I-F for my book group. Yeah, a lot of it went over flat. there. You yeah, know that. Okay. 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 The end of the world is flat. Okay. Thank you. Um, a lot of it went over their heads as they didn't mm. know about Butler, queer theory, Dentons, mm. etc. So mm. she's asking, would you do questions for book groups? Uh, yeah. I mean, my, if my direct messages on, on Twitter are open, so yeah. if she wants to maybe drop me a line, I, I mean, I think okay. it's a good one. So, so just to, to explain, but my, my, my book is full of in-jokes. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And so, so it was written primarily <laughs> to amuse uh, people I know on Twitter, uh, and uh, and you will get more out of it if you get the in jokes. But I also live in in a rural village where there's lots of where a lot of my friends are, are grandparents, and and they're concerned by what's by general the insanity of the world, who get who understand none of the in jokes, and they uh, uh, really quite like the book too. So what I'm pleased about is that it has landed quite well, without you needing to know the in jokes. But I, I yeah. get it is an issue. I, I mean, I Butler, Queer Theory and Dentons, I, I know what they refer to, but the only reason I know what they refer to is through listening to Graham Linehan, because he's talked about yeah. all of those things a few times. So Yeah, but um, my, I have to say, my, I mean, my book, does, what it does, you know, just to explain, that Dentons is, is, is shorthand for the uh, the report where we know that the, the sort of the, the the founding fathers of this modern trans movement where they all got together and decided how they would operate and it was to be parasitic on the existing lesbian and gay movement <laughs> yeah who's in the nest uh, and uh, and and the report was written but by, by solicitors uh, called Dentons which is why we call it that for shorthand yeah so yeah. I, I, I in my book I, I've got a, a a sort of Svengali guru who is giving advice to the flat earthers, to the people who want to voice flat earthery on the world. Uh, so I've kind of dramatized Dentons. <laughs> so you don't need to understand what Dentons is, the word never comes up. Um, mm -hmm. But but insiders, the cognoscenti, um, will, will yeah. sort of spot that one. Yeah, I mean, the thing about that Dentons is it is, it is worth people looking that up because all of these arguments about the equivalence between the trans rights fight and the gay rights fight um, start to fall apart once you understand really the differences. I don't think that the gay rights movement was ever looking to, well, they'd never stood outside the EHRC and poured urine over themselves for one thing. <laughs> they did not do that. Um, but yeah, this, this strategizing that we're going to piggyback what we want on the back of an LGB, a, a yep. law that's going to benefit LG, LGB people, you yep. know, that we're going to parasitically approach this and that we're going to do that very consciously. That never happened in the gay rights movement, did it? There's no equivalence there at all. No, I mean, there was nobody, even if you wanted to, there was nobody to pick yeah. it back onto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, what do you think about the rainbowing of the police? Becca Firebird asks. Well, I mean, exactly the same as you were know, saying about the ambulances. Just, yeah. just, just terrific because, um, at, at firstly, the optics of it, that mm -hmm. it makes it seem to ordinary people that, that the police are more concerned about one section of the population than everybody else. Uh, yeah. which they shouldn't be and that will backfire you know it's it's bad for everybody else uh, because yeah. we should not be behaving like that it's bad for us for, for me as a, as a gay person because it will rebound mm -hmm. um, but but also plainly 
in in when it comes to the delivery of, of police services then they are not approaching their jobs in a in a, a, a in a fair manner because you know we've seen them yeah lesbians off pride marches with with great enthusiasm and you know it doesn't happen very much but if you are the person who mm. is visited with a knock on the door by a, 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 an idiot policeman who has uh, seen a sticker on their door or something and decides to read them the riot act give them a lecture um you know it it, it, it it's sort of you know it's a, it's absurd it's so mm. trivially mm. stupid uh, when seeing yeah. outside, but if you if that's happening to you, it's completely terrifying. I think because we've got this collection of things happening within the police and and within the health service as well, the change of language, you know, the removal of yeah. women's words and all of these kind of things. There, even though if they're not, even though they may not be happening in huge numbers, and they might be because it might be that the ones that are caught on video are the ones that we've happened to see. But it might have the knock on the door might have happened to women who haven't managed to get their phone to record it, um, yes. and have been traumatized and not really yes. publicized what's happened to them. Yeah. Um, so I think that the more that women and the public generally see those kinds of things happening, the greater yeah. the risk that the rainbow comes to represent something just really oppressive and negative. And that yeah. has, you know, that has to exactly. be addressed. It's got to exactly. be addressed. And um, also, I'm just one, I, I, I have a very close friend who's a policeman uh, who, who is one of the sort of Twitter people yeah. behind the uh, And, you know, as, as a working police officer, uh, yeah, this is a nightmare for him too. That that mm. the you know they don't want to be seen to be delivering services like that. They just want to be getting out and doing to what be police fair. Yes, yeah, yeah, and to be perceived to be fair as well. Yeah. It's really, really important, isn't it? Um, someone, I'm just going to ask you this question, and then I think we might have to wrap up. So Fiona English asks, "Have you made?" I was going to ask you if you've become more involved with women, lesbians and the women's rights side of things since all of this changed. But she's asked you, have you made new friends since all this has happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, massively. I, I mean, what, yeah. when you say, you know, Twitter's a cesspit, Twitter for me has been quite sort of life changing because I have made new friends from it. You know, partly COVID, lockdown. You know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who spent far too much time on social media mm -hmm. uh, du uh, during all that. But but I you know I there is a there's a woman uh, who who I uh, is is sort of a Twitter friend and a real life friend um, called Anya Palmer who was the deputy director of Stonewall in the 1990s um, and uh, and I had a, a direct message conversation on, with her on Twitter. She was. So I was following her and reading her posts and she basically said, you know, we desperately, desperately need some men and some gay men to listen mm -hmm. to us and to stick up for lesbians uh, and to, um, you know, to speak out. Uh, and that resonated with me. And and so I, you know, was, was you know, when you first come to this on, on Twitter, people talk in lots of abbreviations and there's jargon, isn't there? Um, and, you know, what's it? T, what's what's GC and what's TW and what the hell is TWAM and you know all of that kind of stuff and but it actually is quite enjoyable for just to try and you know the, 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 the mists rise eventually as you sort of work out what it all means um, and but certainly it has provided for me uh, an opportunity to to kind of you know, it sounds sanctimonious, but just you know, listen to to the to w women expressing concerns among um, amongst themselves, and you actually, as a man listening to it, you learn quite a lot because mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I, I don't know how much, I, I think straight men are probably much more attuned to how women, you know, the problems that women face going about the world than gay men are, that, that, that gay men will, will, you know, kind of uh, probably will have close friends with, 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 uh, with straight women. Um, but the friendship tends to be all about the gay man because the woman is not going to confide, um, you know, stuff about biology and stuff about fear of violence in the streets to the gay man. Why would she? She talks to other women about that. Yeah. And, and, and so for me, it has been, it, it really has been quite, quite, you know, revelatory, just, just um, listening. The, the most powerful thing is, you know, that kind of the thing of, um, of, of, of why men aren't allowed into certain spaces uh, and, and it's not because all men are, are, are rapists, it's not because all men are violent by any means. But the crucial thing is that it is impossible for a woman to know which ones are and which ones aren't. Mm. That, mm. to me, is the is the single simplest lesson that I've taken from sitting listening to women on Twitter. Yeah, brilliant. Maybe what's happening, what's happening, will eventually at some point push us into a re reaffirmation of women's rights, women's fears, you know, understanding them better and shaping society mm. in a way that sort of takes account of that more mm. clearly. Because mm. I think for a lot of us, outside of sort of individual, working through individual traumas as they show up, um, I think for a lot of us, we thought this job was done in a lot of yeah. ways. And, yeah. you know, but a bit, and, and maybe we don't, ha we haven't talked about our fear you know, so much as women or had it right at the forefront because we haven't felt that, that our spaces have been under threat in this way for a long time. So it's made us maybe realise yeah. exactly how important those those spaces are and those issues affect how much they affect us all. Certainly um, in, in my life, I've, I've never seen it articulated so clearly. And that may yeah. just be because I wasn't listening or you know, yeah, I wasn't in the yeah. right place to, to hear it. Uh, uh, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. Me too, I would say as well. Yeah, the same thing. So I'm going to say thanks very much to everybody in the chat first off thank you so much everyone for joining us and three brilliant questions i'm sorry we didn't manage to get through all of them um but also to say thanks to simon thank you for your voice thank you for being on our side thank you for being present um thanks for your amazing writing and your and your twitter presence as well um and do you want to just show us the book again so it just in case yes. everyone missed it it's kind of a, a, a satire on stonewall uh whoops and you can buy it in all good bookshops you might have to order it but it's on amazon uh or if you order it directly from my uh publisher which is called ibooks so i-books.com uh you get a signed one and a little badge brilliant thank you simon so um yes also please subscribe to our channel hit the subscribe and hit the like and or, and share so that we can get this out as wide as uh, uh, as widely as possible and um, we'll see you again next week and thank you so much thanks